Parenting Your Child in Recovery, the podcast that speaks the truth about your child's recovery. Relapse is not normal. Phony success rates can't define where your family wants to be in 5, 10, or 15 years from now. And most importantly, your child is not an addict. From 9 to 5, been biting my tongue for all this time, won't let anyone cut me short. I was thinking this was the way to go, and you put up your puppet show. I say cheers to life, no one be no good My name is Richard Jones RN, and this is Essential Change the Podcast, episode 96. Closing in on 100, we're pretty proud of that. Today, I want to talk about when, where, and how to find the truth. The reason why I bring this up is because it's part of a couple of lectures we've been doing recently, but, and it's something we may have spoke about here before, but when I was working in corrections, there was a little area in between the unit and in between freedom. We call it the sally port. Sort of a small room that separated the two areas. And usually in that area, it was just a, a stark table, a couple of chairs, and pretty much nothing else. And this is where I would frequently meet with some of the inmates to discuss medical situations or to worry about their grief or help them with situations that I as a nurse could help them with. Now, the reason why I bring this up is because that area was usually an area where the truth came out one way or another. And it was either the honest to God truth or an almost obvious lie. Most people in that area could not help but be honest. Now, and, and please remember, I'm talking about people who are pretty much inexperienced with incarceration. Uh, my area of expertise, one might say, is younger adults newly into trouble, whether it be addiction, recovery, or trouble with the law. So once a person became overly jaded, it was much more difficult to see and experience their truth. But when they're younger and they haven't been in it as long, the truth would usually come out and come out pretty obviously in some specific forms. And I used to see those areas, sort of diagnose those areas and respond to them in kind, almost the way they were giving it to me. Uh, A lot of times, one of the first ones you would see and feel and palpate was fear. A lot of times, the fear of the situation would overcome an individual. Even if they were trying to hold it back, you could see the fear in their eyes. You could see the, hear the fear in their responses. The fear was, I thought, one of the best emotions that they could possibly have. And if I ever saw it, I would always bring it up. Not to tell them, oh, you're scared, but to tell them, you feel that feeling? 
This is the feeling that you don't want to lose. But if you keep coming back here, you will lose it. And that's the same, not just in incarceration situations, but the same in addiction situation too. There's a certain fear that people need to have. It's a great fear and it's a good fear. So many times we see people get ready to leave and say, I'm scared. I say, you better keep that feeling. That's a feeling you need to keep. Embrace that feeling. Feel it. See it, feel it, process it. The next fear, anger. Certain people, because of their situations, were feeling anger. Sometimes that anger was what brought them there. Sometimes that anger is what caused them to be in the situation that they're in. This, their activities is a manifestation of their anger. Now, obviously in that situation, it's not my job nor am I overly qualified as the jail nurse to dig into those feelings of anger and to help them process those feelings of anger. But this is another situation where I would say, hey, you see this anger, you feel this anger? Feel it. Process it. Think about it. It's coming from somewhere. It's not just this. You're not just mad because you're here. You're mad because of everything that got you here, brought you here, and how you feel about being here. Again, the same with that situation as it is in the addiction and recovery process. The anger can be, must be, come a tool. It has to be. You have to use it. You have to see it. Okay? Another feeling, disappointment. Some people would show their disappointment uh, in their face, their body language, sometimes verbally express disappointment in their actions, disappointment in the actions of those people around them, disappointment in their situation. Another situation, another emotion that must be, you got to remember it, you got to feel it, and you don't want to lose these feelings, and you don't want to become it in this situation over and over again. But if you ever are, please have this feeling. Let it get worse and let it get worse because these feelings, especially these the negative feelings, are can be your best friend. Okay? With that despair comes despair. Now, despair is something that I would bring up because with despair... Sometimes it's a sense of giving up. And a sense of giving up is not fighting your situation anymore. And I, you don't like that feeling because they, they stop fighting their situation and start to feel a resolution or becoming resolute to their situation. Now, becoming resolute to the situation kind of works both ways because now we're going to turn this around and look the other way. Sometimes sitting in those situations in that Sallyport area in conversations, people will have, be able to see, become enlightened to their situation and maybe look and feel and understand that they can, should, and feel they will be going in a different direction. And I've definitely seen that too, where there's almost an enlightenment. They're like, okay. And when they say this is going to be their last time, they mean it. When I start to feel a little bit of passion in how they deliver it, and start to tell you about how they got there and why they got there, and they can see where they went wrong, how they went wrong, 
Okay. Now, of course, it's obviously easy to see and feel those things for some people while they're in that situation. But I never say, never would say to them, okay, well, you're only saying it because you're here. Well, you are saying that because you're here. And I do understand that. But you got to remember something. There is also a resolution to that passion and to that happiness of understanding that you can see those emotions and you can start to feel some power about how you can do things differently. And all those type of things take place, can take place in that little teeny room, that little room in between freedom and incarceration. That room gives people a chance to express their truth and they express it verbally. Some of them express it through their eyes and their tone, their body language. You can see it. You can feel it. And I've always felt in those situations, it was really palpable. You could, you could feel it. So, I want to, and I also, I bring up to them to something, and I bring this word up to them, and I used to love bringing this word up to them, inertia, and let them understand that an object themselves in motion, meaning that situation that they find themselves in, will stay in that same motion, headed toward those same rocks in the ocean, headed for that hole unless it is acted on by another force and really impress upon them that, hey, you have to bring that same force that you brought to this getting here. You have to bring another force with to change that direction. It will not change by itself and it will constantly get worse. There's a gravity toward this place. okay. and once you start heading toward it, you have to exert another emotion, another feeling, another direction toward it. And. Sometimes just letting them know that that's a real thing and letting them know that it's something they can think about, letting them, letting them know that they can actually plan on not being here again. They actually have the power to plan on not being here again. It's crazy, but there are, I have seen some that just, that was an enlightenment to them. They never thought there was another way. They didn't think about what they were doing and how it was going to act. They were just reacting in situations. There happens, there's no planning. They made no effort to move in another direction. So, how and where do people find their truth? That Sallyport area, just like in real life, there's an area between where you're at, your complete freedom, and that middle area, that Sallyport area, where you get a chance to think about it, act on it, and do it. And that's where people find that truth. In closing, Again, my name is Richard Jones RN. I represent secondstarts.com. That's secondstarts, number two, N-D-S-T-A-R-T-S dot com. Helping to complete family and support networks of young adults in recovery by installing a permanent self-refueling transformation starting from day one without the guilt and shame of most recovery processes by identifying, customizing, and strengthening the relationships between the client, the support network, and the helping professionals. Join us at secondstarts.com, soon secondstartstv.com. And in closing, remember, everybody, let's get out there and help someone get better, help someone stay better, help someone be better. Thank you for joining us on Parenting Your Child in Recovery, a podcast for the families of young adults in recovery. For more information, go to secondstarts.com. That's the number 2-N-D-S-T-A-R-T-S dot com and our Facebook group, Parenting Your Child in Recovery. 
And if you or someone you know loves a young adult in recovery and want a customized premium change to recovery without the guilt and shame of most recovery processes, please go again to secondstarts.com, the number 2ndstarts.com, and book a free call. Thank you. Last night, what I do remember that it was real, real life. Talks about me.